When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jardin. Hello. And just Mark Jardin. Everybody else is devastated over St. Martin's first loss. They're not taking it well. Season's over. Robbo out. Sack the board. Bring back Stuart Gilmore. Rain or shine, me and Jamie are with you. We're not going anywhere. No, we're true miserable bastards. Good times and the bad times. <laughs> Uh, I mean, before we to have a defeat to talk about, we should talk about, you know, we're still undefeated in the league. Um, we had the the Gorgie boys over visiting and uh, we sent them packing with another fantastic performance that could have been 4 or 5 now if there wasn't a refereeing conspiracy against us. I think you've, you've covered literally everything that needs to be... <laughs> To be said, the, the establishment are scared mm-hmm. of uh, of man. They don't want us. You know, everyone knows that Hearts are you know the the kind of mini me to Rangers, Doctor Evil, and uh, Scottish football wants a successful Hearts, and they don't want a successful Superman. And they tried really hard, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't hold us down. Get it up. It was a, a thoroughly enjoyable way to spend an afternoon. It was, it was so. It had everything that I love about being a Simon fan. It had a plucky victory against a team that should be beating you, and it had the angriest home support in the country. <laughs> <laughs> it was just exceptional. Is this it was the, so much fun? Is this peak angry for Simon this season so far? Or because I know we are generally a pretty angry bunch. Don't know, Montrose, uh, Montrose away will take some beans. <laughs> you know, the season after finishing sixth, you're, uh, what, 20 minutes into the new season before someone's telling Stephen Robinson that he should have been sacked <laughs> and that he should be going. And Montrose being quiet enough that Stephen Robinson 
it was as if someone was shouting at him across his own sitting room. Uh, Montrose will take some beating. This was a different kind of anger. It was righteous anger. Do you mean it was it was anger anger at the world, not at one particular person, unless you count Nick Walsh. As a as a particular person, because he was getting quite a quite a lot of it. Um, stretcher getting booed. That was a real highlight. Yeah, I saw that. That, that was a that was a pleasure to be a part of. I mean, with, with that challenge, right? I, I can. It's two players pulling each other's shirt, but he did yeah. hit the ground pretty hard. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I think you need to allow slightly for the kind of crowd mentality and that kind of stuff. I think people act in a crowd in a manner which they wouldn't alone mm-hmm. so you know if it's one guy in that stand and that happens there's a little there's time for nuance you can be like oh yeah actually he looks as if he's hurt himself actually whereas the fact that the free kick's given away so early nothing else that happens after that's important the entire I mean there's what 2,000 people in that stand <laughs> at the time at the time he needs medical assistance the the crowd's gone that's it's no longer a factor and if you're going to boo the fact that someone's staying down and you think that they have cheated a foul out of you then a stretcher doesn't change your mind so maybe he's just dedicated to the bit yeah yeah you know we've seen he, it he was that rattled sure. from the crowd that he called for the stretcher to take him off and you know then hide in, in the back for a while You've seen what Saman fans are like with them um, sarcastic gestures. That could have been a sarcastic stretcher. Oh, God, and I don't, don't think we can um, don't we can rule out that possibility. Don't tell W seven that. Or is, yeah. that, is that the right okay. section? I can't remember. Aye, w, uh, the kings of the fans. Aye. Yeah, they all lose their heads. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where you can either you can either be a bit embarrassed <laughs> that that's going on. Or you can just lean into it. It depends whether you see yourself as a face or, or a heel. And I am very, very comfortable with us being a heel <laughs> in, uh, in our current status. I, I want people to not enjoy playing against us. I want teams to be intimidated and to get rattled and to get emotional when they're playing us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's what it takes, then so be it. I mean, we said on commentary, like, once it was apparent that he was injured, I hope he's all right. It was not in any bother, like no one wants him to be hurt, but at the same time, that boone never made anyone's injury worse. But aye, that's what I say, boone didn't make him any more hurt or any less hurt. So, no, and from where we were standing as well, you know, didn't have the benefit of replays at the time. And actually, it's one of the things I've not seen back yet. But the, the immediately obvious thing from our position in the West Stand was that Tancer's shirt was being pulled out so, so far. Now, I'm pretty sure I said that at the time. I, 100% expect that Atkinson's shirt was also getting pulled and that they've gone down and it's just the way that they've gone down that Tanzer's come down or is it Strain? No, I think it's Tanzer. Tanzer Tans- com- comes down but like uh, because he's went down um, basically that's f- and he's holding the other who, who was it? Was yeah. it Atkinson? Uh, yeah, it's Nathaniel Atkinson. I um like his force has essentially brought him down as well and yeah. and he's just landed awkwardly and it's pretty bad yeah. but I mean if yeah. he ends up being out then that guarantees strain a, a, a start in the Australian squads you know no collusion some appearance money for mm-hmm. some appearance money for Ryan Strain for someone you know it, it all just feeds back into the back into the beast mm-hmm. and then 
don't think we've got anything to apologise for. No. It was a, it was so enjoyable chatting to the Hearts commentators <laughs> after the game because they were genuinely stunned. I think anyone that's come over and done that as an away com, mm. away commentator that someone is aware by now, like how how loud the West Stand is and how much moaning and how much of that's picked up by the make and. I'm sure the, the guy Laurie that does the kind of main comps for Hearts, I'm sure he'd mentioned last time how they couldn't believe how booey it was. But this was something else. I think they were actually chatting over the barrier to like some of the someone fans in the back row being like, we're shit and you've won. How can you possibly be this angry? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you like when you play against good teams? that are better than you and, so, and you lose like what's going on so they were talking to St Martin fans over the barrier rather than St Martin fans talking to the, you know the com, our comms team in the middle of us doing a live broadcast yeah big uh, big fan of that big fan of literally pressing the live button and then before I've even finished the first sentence where you explain where you are and what's happening today having to stop and acknowledge someone who's trying to get your attention so, this- so that you can this is a message to everybody in the West Bank. Very similar. If you see Ross Davidson, you go give him a hug. If you see Mark talking on a microphone, go over and say hello. He fucking loves it. Just DM me on Twitter or something. It's it's fine. I'm, I'm more than happy to text away during games. That's fine. I mean, I don't believe the culprit that constantly does it and has done it when I've been there as well and comes. Even listens to the podcast dot xxx bro or whatever the fuck. He's he's too busy on chatterbit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that would be getting too specific. No. Um, yeah, <laughs> just just fun all round on uh, on Saturday. It was one of those ones where, at the risk of getting a bit misty eyed and romantic about it, at the end of the at the end of the game, it was a genuine celebration. You could kind of feel it. All the players have so much relief, um, I think, because of the nature of the, the win. And we'll go through that in a, a second, I guess. Um, you know, like, Hemming was straight up celebrating. Grieve was going absolutely tonto. Manager was straight on the pitch and, you know, kind of fist bumps and all the rest of it. It just feels like... We can tell in the moment that this isn't always going to be like this. And so you just make the most of it. And, you know, we're already doing something that we've not done in, what, 75 years? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we'll, <laughs> we'll come to some feelings on that after from after the Hibs game later on, I guess. Um, some unbelievable losses of perspective. But, uh, yeah, can't, uh, it's the other side of the coin when you've got the angriest fans in, yeah. in Scotland. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the opening goal. You know, it was seven minutes into the match. Um Good cross in, like really poorly defended by Hearts. Leaves is it Strain that scores it? Like just essentially, yeah. it's happened. It's just a, a you know kind of rough copy of what happened last week at Fur Park. It's mm-hmm. Scott Tans are making space on the left hand side, putting a cross in a dangerous area across that Xander Clark, if not one of his defenders, should one hundred percent deal with. But as they've been coached to do, Ryan Strain is on the other end of that piece of string. If Scott Tancer's getting to the byline, Ryan Strain knows he has to be the back post mm-hmm. to be the option there. Um, you know, Tancer does it for him and gives him that option. So he needs to do the same and it's, it's just not coincidence at this point. Teams are really struggling to deal with it. We're flooding the, the box with bodies 
Um, you know, you're, you're already having to pick up Olasanya, um, Kelty, McMenamin started, didn't he? On them, yes, at the weekend. You know, these guys are all already in there making a real nuisance of themselves. You've got guys like O'Hara arriving out the middle. Teams are struggling to cope with that, and then you chuck in this bonus ball at the back post, and I think uh, Stuart Kettlewell, um, for his interview after the Motherwell game, said that Motherwell knew to expect it, they just couldn't do anything about it, so if, uh, if we're going to get the cross in and goalkeepers aren't going to deal with stuff, then we've got a really good chance of putting stuff away, and I think that's why we're so clinical this year. The chances that we're getting are in areas like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're putting them away, it's not as if we're fashioning a half volley on the edge of the box that you're trying to kind of snatch past someone or put through a, a row of bodies. Ryan Strain's getting the ball at the back post with nothing in front of him mm. and just popping it away. Um, and seven minutes in, it's just great. It's a real feature of our our game over the last maybe six months or so that we're, we're just killing. We're, just, we're getting rewards for coming out of the blocks quickly mm-hmm. and then forcing teams for the rest of the game to to play the game that we want them to, to have to push forward and to leave space behind and to give guys like Olisanya a really fun afternoon of um, of just torturing pretty slow defenders, mm-hmm. which um, which is definitely what happened again. Ah, uh, that like the offside flag came up to you know save his blushes, but that was an absolute setter from Olisanya. Yeah, that was painful. Like um, that was moments to when we thought back to the player that he was, you know, he's still got yeah. in him. Like, I love him. I think he's a great player. But he still has that in him and you're just... I think he just had a bit too much time to think about it. And that will happen when you're getting that much space behind, <laughs> behind the hearts back then. Um, he had an absolute field day against Kairos. Mm-hmm. Just could not cope with the balls over the top, the constant threat. And, and that's the thing, if if you're so scared of that happening, you're having to sit deeper and deeper and you're leaving space in front of you for guys like McMenamin um, or Strain or, or Tancer or whoever to, to run into and then it means you can really effectively pin pin hearts back. You know, I, I can't remember how much possession we ended up with in the end, 30-something percent mm-hmm. possession that we had, but my memory of that game is us absolutely pinning hearts back at times. Um, and not letting them them do anything. Um, Benny Beningame had to drop back really deep, constantly to take the ball in the turn and try and do something with it. And we we're just so disciplined. It's exactly what you want out of someone on a performance like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I really don't buy. I know there's been a better conversation about you know it's kind of inviting hearts on and being a bit lucky when it's just a goal that's in it in the end. I don't buy that at all. I, th- I think we not at all, especially like the fact that we. Them had three goals chopped off rightfully or wrongly kind of shows that the way wrongly well wrongly uh, we were we were, were pushing for more that's why I hate the I, obviously we'll get to it about uh St Martin we just sit back and try and defend the lead or this is coming from our own fans or St Martin can't even um like defend the lead properly which we've done several games this season it's just yep. the same tired excuses that fans like to bring out no matter how St Myrna have moved or progressed or evolved as, as I think it's true sometimes it's true sometimes you just can't yeah you just can't cry wolf with it you look back to a game like St Johnston last year mm. that was 100% yeah. 
evidence of us just sitting back and having no intention of doing anything else. Whereas you compare that to Hibs last year, mm-hmm. um, or even Celtic last year, where we didn't shift the game plan, we still let them try and build, and we squandered. You know, Hibs in particular. How many times yeah. did Bacchus get through? Mm-hmm. That's that's what sitting back looks like, ideally for for Stephen Robinson, and it's what it looked like against Hearts. Mm-hmm. Yes, we invite possession on, but we invite possession on because we know that we're better than Hearts at winning it in the middle of the park. And if we can spring a trap and take it off them, you've then got that space behind. It's it's deliberate. It's it's the same in my head as people who moan about corners not even beating the first man. As yeah. if people taking the corner, all they try to do is kick it higher than the guy that's standing at the near post. If you don't beat the first man, it's because you're trying to land on a dime, mm-hmm. like at yeah, the you're, near you're, post you're, you're on someone. Is, yeah. Honestly, floating it in the box and just letting everybody uh, else deal with it. You can't even clear the first man. It's like no, he could if what he was trying to do was kick it <laughs> thirty yards away, but he's not. He's trying to do something else. It's the same. It's the same with this. The majority of the time, we're not just sitting back and inviting teams to, to attack. Don't get me wrong, that does happen, and we, we have been punished for it more than once, but that's not what was happening in this game at all. Mm-hmm. We stuck very rigidly to invite Hearts on, get them to commit bodies forward, and then the moment, you know, basically the, the moment someone takes the ball facing their own goal, we're in. Mm-hmm. Bacchus, again, superb at that just causing such problems jumping on any kind of loose pass breaking things through and then that's why you've got guys like Olisanya who can run onto stuff so I think there's plenty of times you can level that accusation at us mm. um, and, and it'd be valid but not often uh, not often this season at all I mean we'll now look at the first disallowed goal which I believe was the given for a high boot from Alex yeah. Gogic trying to do an overhead kick. I mean, can't complain too much. Can I know. I've seen that, like, <laughs> kind of watched them back, and that one, yeah, I think rightfully. I think I think even the whistle was blown before the ball yeah. went over the goal, so it's not really a disallowed goal. So, but we'll say it is anyway. Yeah, I mean, we've had the ball in the net four times, so the novelty of that, you need to mention it. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's third. And out of three, in terms of uh, in terms of ones that I had an issue with, um, we'll quit. We'll quit the fire through them. We'll go that one right. Referee got that correct. Fair enough. Like you can't really complain too much. There was a high foot. Like you can do an overhead kick, but you just can't do it in a very congested area that he did it in and missed the ball. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, if, do you know what I mean? if he gets his toe and then that puts in the top corner, it's not getting whistled back. Mm-hmm. It's right, and you just can't throw a leg up and miss the ball and be very close to people's heads and whatever. Like that's that's always going to be a free kick. Can't really, can't really avoid that. So disallowed goal number two. Mandron conspiracy. <laughs> a disgrace. Very, very, very soft. I have to try to keep down the working man. And the, the the referee he puts the whistle to his mouth, but he lets it play on to then like VAR have a look at that. And VAR, it's clearly not a clear and obvious mistake. Like if it's if the referee thinks that's a foul, you're not overturning it. Referee gives a foul. Um, it, it's probably the one I'm most aggrieved with. Like I think it isn't a foul. It's not even really a tackle. He kind of just 
slips in a way? There's so much wrong with it. Uh-huh. Why does Nick Walsh let him score mm-hmm. and then give the free kick? You're only doing that so that VAR can clean up your mess. Well, as someone said on Twitter, who I can get quickly, is uh, that Nick Walsh hates charity because that would have put in the second te- uh, help a buddy ticket. It's true. Yeah, I have heard that about Nick Walsh, that he does hate charity. I'm just quickly um, looking up who actually said that. Fuck them kids, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure he was quoted as saying. I, I heard it, That's what he shouted at Mandron and the V. It's just so much wrong with it. If, if, if you're going to let the goal go in, it was Kevin Kenny. Kevin Kenny. Who points it out. Good man. A good man. A good, honest Discorder and Patreon. Yep. Um, that deserves a respect. Yeah, if, if, if you already think it's a foul, give the foul. Mm-hmm. Don't let it go in and then whistle on. And then I'm assuming at that point, because he then makes the decision of the foul on the park, it then puts up the kind of clear and obvious barrier for them to dispute it. And it's just a hard thing to disprove. You're then just looking, does his hand touch his mm-hmm. back as he moves past them? Then you can't really tell from five shitey cameras that there wasn't any force in that but common sense surely should intervene and just absolutely nothing wrong with it and what really boils my piss about it is and I don't think it's a conspiracy I don't know who the guy is on Instagram I was about to say I mean Nick Walsh being on VAR yesterday for the Rangers (laughs) game didn't see that as a foul on uh, for one of their goals is wild to me and I don't think it points to a conspiracy it just points to referees being shit that's essentially it and I don't think all referees are shit and I appreciate it's such a tough job but that's where stuff needs to come out and be explained and it doesn't need to be explained for reasons of integrity because I don't think there's a question really over any of that I think that's just the howlings of deranged madmen to suggest that there's there's something more significant going on about this as, as much as we laugh about being held down by the establishment but I would love to know how you justify seeing that letting him score then giving it and then it not being reviewed and overturned and how you tally that against witnessing that last night and deciding that there's absolutely nothing wrong with it because they're almost identical situations except one's a full uh, but there's a clear difference and even then like I'm not having an issue with that Rangers goal being given I th- I would rather they sided with the attacker more often than these kind of things I think you should have to be really prove that someone's been bundled over it's a physical game defenders use their physicality all the time I really don't have an issue with siding with the forward on most even if it bites us at some point that's fine it's almost like a, a jail card to get a free kick for something like that you shouldn't have to expect it I just I have no idea how you look at those two instances and you arrive at two separate conclusions and it's the way around that it's fallen. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And that's the kind of thing. I feel like if that was down south on Monday Night Football next week, Howard Webb would be on. Yeah. Basically apologising. Being like, you know, here's what here's the guys talking to each other. You can clearly see he lets it go because he thinks it's in doubt. He doesn't get the message back from the VAR room to say that there's enough there to review it and overturn it so the goal's 
I would love to hear that explanation and then to balance it against the Rangers one and for him then to say, you know, both of these really should have been disallowed or both should have been given because I don't I don't understand how you get to, to where we are. But again, it's not going to happen up here because we don't have the money and we chose to bring it in on the cheap mm-hmm. for um, no apparent reason. And talking about VAR on the cheap, that was definitely showcased with... The final disallowed goal, uh, Alex Grieve, you know, great ball, great finish. Uh, was he offside? I mean, I think I saw one photo which came out like two days after where it does actually look like his foot's offside. But absolutely none of the replays available to us or the VAR team that are working with it could conclusively prove that Alex Grieve was offside. And it generally feels that they've drawn those lines guessing where Grieve's foot was. I just think the same principle has to apply as we're assuming happened for the Mandron goal. If the Mandron goal has been disallowed because they can't disprove mm-hmm. the decision on the pitch, the same needs to apply for that. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that using the lines that they've got, because it's black and white, right? There's no... Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree with it, even if it feels unjust... It is lines on, and everyone's subject to the same lines. It's not an unfair decision or whatever else. Do you mean it's either offside or it's not? And so then looking at that, by what they've got, it's offside, and it would have been offside regardless of which side of the pitch it happened at and all the rest. My, my issue with that is we've seen the angle that they've used. Yeah. <laughs> seen, you cannot make a conclusive call mm-hmm. of that, the, the line being where it is is mental it's so grainy it looks as if it's been on like the edge of the crease on his shirt when his actual shoulders like an inch in it's his foot from every other angle we've seen his foot looks to at least be in line if not closer to the six yard box than the than the defender he's been measured against it's inconclusive and if it's that inconclusive similar to the the goal line call the other week mm-hmm. if using the technology that we've got you cannot conclusively disprove that the decision on the pitch should stand I, how is it possible that cricket has had you know 15 years to get used to Hawkeye and all the rest of it and they still have a margin where they say look can't really say either way so the umpire's decision stands how can we be a year into this now with worse technology based on a bigger field of play trying to make tighter calls than that and say actually I'm comfortable that this the 440p stream <laughs> that I've got at the wrong angle buffering in a van outside the state like how they think it's possible to definitively make that call I don't know and it, it wasn't given as offside on the pitch it was given as a goal and yeah, the goal yeah, was overturned yeah. I, I honestly don't know how you overturn that decision so again I don't think this is some ploy to keep someone down. I just feel sorry for have like having to make the decision like that. It boggles my mind that the expectation in that scenario isn't that you say actually we can't tell. Mm-hmm. It's it's just nowhere near conclusive. I think and obviously that on another day that could have had such ramifications mm-hmm. for us. I think I kind of agree with what you're saying there, but. Could you imagine the state of Twitter and all the papers 
if a VAR decision happened in an old firm game where they went, look, I can't tell if this is correct or not, so the on-field decision stands, it would be... I mean, look at the alternative, though. Like, look at you imagine that goal, and, and again, it wouldn't happen because Rangers had to put more money and there's more cameras mm-hmm. at their games and in their stadium, so the angles are better. Yeah, for this kind of stuff, so it won't happen. But you stick that, you put that decision in an old firm game. You're going to have like guys in their forties, ten years from now, pulling up screenshots of that as proof of some. Mm. deep-rooted conspiracy that you can track back to the Highland clearances. Like, there's no... It's insane, and it will be forgotten about, is the sad thing. Yeah. We'll move on. saying that, there's a Sitmer Twitter account now who is compiling a thread full of refereeing decisions that have gone (laughs) in to prove this conspiracy. Fighting the good fight. Um, again, that kind of threads the needle of I appreciate the work being done. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is before, before it gets any further, Ben Riley didn't kill himself. If it, if it happens, you know, that's what happens when you go against the establishment, mate. You, you, you've got a target on your back now. <laughs> that could either be a really light hearted reference to previous current events or the downfall of this podcast. <laughs> it was a light hearted <laughs> reference, but if anything happens to Ben Riley, I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are absolutely supporters of your work, Ben, and we don't mean to, we don't mean to undermine that in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, people are going to have forgotten about that by next week because it's just someone. And that's where I think there's a, an inequality that, that comes into it. Mm-hmm. It's insane to me that that'll just be kind of accepted that because you're not one of the big two slash four slash five who've got more money to chuck at these things that it I'm just going to be repeating myself at this point but I am not saying that it wasn't offside I'm saying that no one knows whether it was or not Mm -hmm. I think out of all the stills I've seen I think I've seen one that looks like he might be offside but all the others look like he's Onside, but was what? that angle not like a high def? Oh, it was a high def one taken. from the other at, from the other side. Oh, yeah, like, which which was not part of the decision making no, process. No, none at all. So the decision was made by a guy sitting in a porter cabin with a high vis on, with the angle that we saw mm-hmm. after the game, and that's insane, genuinely insane. Mm-hmm. If Hearts had equalised after that, which they did last time they were in town, it was a ninety sixth minute penalty equaliser. If that had happened last night, the last time after that, then it would have been so hard to move past that and not to question what's going on. I think my prediction, my preseason prediction, would have happened if that, like you know, where someone enters the field of play and attacks player or official. I think that generally would have came true if the, if you're yeah. saying how angry the crowd, the West Bank was, and then if they had got a last minute penalty. <laughs> Just so, so brutal. However, regardless, we won. We're second in the league. We're second? More than that, we're seven points clear of Hearts. <laughs> we're, what, nine points clear of Aberdeen? Hibs, um, are we, what, four points, five points clear of Hibs? Yeah, something like that. At the time, we were four points clear of Rangers and five points clear of Motherwell. That's the important bit. Yeah. Like second, second's great. It's putting distance between all these sides, and you know Aberdeen or Motherwell or Hibs aren't suddenly going to start winning every week. 
Are we guaranteed we European run. football if we finish second? Like, I know we um, go into the Champions League qualifiers, but if we lose that, we then go into the European qualifiers. But if we lose that, we go into the Conference League group stages. Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quality. I'm assuming so, unless the coefficient thing changes. But if that was that's how it would have happened this year. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, but I think we can we can put this game to bed and we will. Can I can I say one thing just before we? Lauren Shanklin tackling himself. Oh, I forgot about that. That was good. Was glorious. I mean, I know I'm I'm going to say, it, but Lauren Shanklin's obviously after it, like he had a relatively good spell one season with St Mirren, the second season. Bit disastrous, but since he's left and obviously went on to better things, and you know all these goal scorers, um, getting called up to Scotland and all this kind of thing, he's never really came back to haunt us, has he? I, mean, I know I'm jinxing this now. No, He'll probably score a trick against us yeah. in the next game, but um, at this moment, just think, yeah, all the stuff that's made him really good since he left us was missing on. Mm-hmm. So he's such a good finisher. We were having a laugh before the game about how bad the Hearts shooting drill was. And he, like, I mean, literally, like, three, four guys in a row putting it into the stands mm-hmm. from 12 yards in front of goal. And then Lauren Shanklin's just needling them top corner every single time. He's such a talented finisher, but he's the captain. <laughs> he's the captain of a side that have got 70% possession. And he's, like, dropping deep to the halfway line to get the ball, thinking he's Harry Kane. And he's not. He doesn't have the work rate mm-hmm. or the quality off the ball. And he just looked so... For sure. He looked like he did in that like, second loan spell with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just just mental. Um, he's someone that I was particularly worried about pre-game. And actually, he had such an off day to the point where you were like, I hope they can sub him off. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. At this point, like throwing himself around to try and claim like he'd been hit in the face and just mad. There was a bit where we were taking our time over a free kick and, or a throw in and he was having to stand facing the West End for like a minute and he was the shit he was taking. <laughs> it was absolutely unreal. And, he, and he, to be fair to him, he was laughing because like, what can you do? Yeah. But he was just he was just standing hands on hips with like 500 grown adults bailing at him that he wasn't good enough. Um, it was pretty brutal. I, I like Liam Boyce a lot. I thought he was mm. pretty dangerous. I wonder how different that might have been if um, the guy Oda had been fixed. I think he's done really well recently. Yeah. But I just did. I thought they were just toothless. We just didn't really let them come onto a game at all. It was telling that like Devlin had their best chance because we kind of he- held everyone else at arm's length for the majority of the of the game. And in fact, that's something that we really should mention before we even Zach Hemmings save. Oh yeah, outstanding from uh, from Cami Devlin for that we that we turn past the post is as good and as important as the save at Fur Park the week before mm-hmm. where he tips it onto the bar and that's the stuff where I had my doubts you know he's, he's obviously he's obviously got the basics right he's, he's just signed a three year deal with Middlesbrough and he's mid 20s he's obviously talented the fear was does he have the the wee things that kind of genuinely win points and that's two weeks in a row now where he's proven that mm-hmm. you know a bit of confidence in keeping the, the errors out of his game which every goalkeeper needs to fight against he does have the over and above stuff that could make a real difference and you know everyone heard how Michael Sam went at the time um, you know I think we were all kind of worried about it Sam was maybe a bit more vocal than the rest of us but he's won Sam round 
Yeah, Sam's already. having to eat his um, words a lot, and it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. I like when one of us have to eat our words a lot. Like we all it's, took turns with Curtis Main where we had to eat our words. Yeah. Um, I think we we had to do it a wee bit with Alessania, and Sam is very much having to do it with Heming. And long may it continue. If if Sam has to eat his words every podcast we do, that's a successful season for us. So, assuming we do a live show again, we'd uh, definitely resurrect. <laughs> The reading through of all the Curtis main criticism in front of everyone. <laughs> we just resurrect that with Sam and Hemming. <laughs> Specifically, maybe with a, just a montage of Hemming's best saves playing behind us. Yeah. Would Native like, at the time. like, even though he's been vocal a bit on Twitter, like, you haven't seen some of the stuff he's put in in the group chat that we have the receipts for. And I think, yeah, yeah. like, there's obviously a, a few written rules that a lot of the group chat doesn't end up online or discussed at live shows but i think there's a caveat that this stuff should be allowed <laughs> yeah i think providing that there's nothing in there that would cost someone their job then i think you're you're fine cool but we will be back after this i'm ryan strain and you're listening to the misery hunters podcast we're back and every time i hear that he does sound very thick doesn't he no he sounds as if he's been um filmed on a JVC Handicam in a basement somewhere <laughs> and he's sending that message to his family <laughs> uh, no it's just this Aussie accent absolutely ripping out I love it uh, we can I mean I'm, I'm conscious of time we can quickly fire through last night's defeat obviously you'll be listening to this on Friday so from Wednesday night um, started really well uh, very good finish from uh, Tanza Scotty T. Big super Scotty Tanzer. Um I think it was just really well like you can kind of see when so the cross kind of came in and the ball who was it that was it Olisanya that caused a bit of a nuisance with the defender causing the ball to go backwards? I think it's Mandron. Is it Mandron? Oh, that probably makes more sense. I think it's uh, Mandron that gets up to challenge for it and yeah. it kind of bounces back out to Tanzer. Yeah, and it just and Tanzer's just absolutely sweet hit. Like no keeper is saving that. And it's a guy with confidence up, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, it's British. We see the benefit of it, and again, that's the big difference with us this year. Is that guys? I think our strikers are scoring more this season, anyway. But guys across the pitch are feeling more empowered to burst open and mm-hmm. to burst through and take shots like that. I don't, you know, you've got Richard Tate against County last year for sure, but I don't think. Scott Tansworth coming up to the edge of the box to meet a volley with the outside of his foot and put it in the side net necessarily last year, whereas he's on the lookout for that opportunity mm-hmm. this year. Um, so good. And, uh, you know, putting everything that came after to one side, so buzzing last night when that went in. Yeah. Just, it felt like it was coming. Not saying that we necessarily had, you know, the better of the game. It was pretty, even the match, Hibs probably had a bit more. There, there, there does feel like a bit of an inevitability to someone scoring just now, mm-hmm. which won't last forever. Right? <laughs> Let me enjoy it. But you just almost feels kind of like the Jack Ross um, era, like the, that, that like the Great Escape. Kind of where, where you're like, not relying of, on like the whole twenty goal a season strike. You're not relying on a striker yeah. to score all your goals when the goals are coming from sort of everywhere on the park. Just like going one behind, you always thought, well, which means we need to score two instead of one. Mm-hmm. It just feels like something's going to happen. I think there was at times 
long times under Goodwin where they were like, we could have possession yeah. for the full half here. And I don't know who puts it in the net. I don't feel like we're going to score. We're not going to create good... We might create some chances, but we're not going to create good chances. And you need decent strikers to get good chances to score. Otherwise, you're always up against it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we've got more clinical players up front. We've got more adventurous guys kind of in other positions. Where they're getting good positions to score now. And it, you, you can rely on... Even against Celtic or Rangers or whoever, you can rely on Curtis Main breaking through and being able to, you know, like pump one near post. You can rely on Ryan Strain being at the back post and a cross somehow finding its way mm-hmm. over. You can rely on Marco Hara getting on the end of a long ball or a corner. You can rely on Olasanya getting by the last man and having a chance and he'll score as many as he misses from that kind of thing. And it, it just feels like that. Just now, so like I wasn't surprised to see the ball bounce to Scotty Tans in space on the edge of the box, and I wasn't surprised to see him absolutely lace at home. Mm-hmm. Just feels good, just now, and it's not always going to feel like that. It should be enjoyed. I mean, we pretty much controlled the the first half, um, but I guess with um, I mean, we're still really to see what Nick Montgomery will bring to Hibs, and I'm guessing in the dressing room. He, whatever their plan of action was worked and you know two goals from Hibs in two minutes not the best defensively you know you come to expect maybe a bit better defensive performance um, the way we've been this season but I mean sometimes a defeat like this can only help your season because you know you learn from these mistakes you're not we're not like yeah we're on an amazing run of form or we're 10 games unbeaten but you know that isn't going to last forever and it's how we bounce back from that and I think there was enough positives there from you know I was trying to get, then get ourselves back in the game and that that you know I'm not overly worried would a trip to hand and been nice yeah but we've been done for such a, a well organised team generally we've been done a couple of times by that ball into you know that kind of second ball almost into the six yard box we're usually pretty good at getting to the first ball, but if the ball does get into that space, we do seem to kind of crumble a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know who it is that gets their head to the first, um, to the cross, but when it bounces down to Yuan, he's in so much space. And then um, that's not the first time that's that's happened. And I don't know if that's Hemming not really been um, kind of awake to what's happening, although I think that would certainly be harsh. Last night, you maybe just need whoever's on the line mm-hmm. to be a bit quicker to come out and meet that first ball because once the first ball comes down and isn't going in at the far post, you don't need to stand on the far post anymore. You're not blocking anything. So it's maybe just been out a bit quicker to to that. But it's one of those that it's going to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad defensive team if a goal like that goes in. It was a well-worked corner that falls to the right man and he puts it away. Like, what are you going to do? Second goal is a bit more troubling than that. I think um, yeah. that that's maybe the first that Richard Taylor can take more of a, a bit of criticism in. Um, not going to get too into it because I'm assuming that's what we're going to talk about on the Patreon after this, yeah. but um, just some absolutely wild revisionists getting mm-hmm. thrown about about Richard Taylor who has started eight of the previous ten games in which we've conceded more than one goal twice. We're second in the table. 
Like, oh, but he's not good enough at this level, and it was very he's, evident. He's currently in the second best defence at this level. You morons. Um, but yeah, that, we're, we're, that, that's, we're, we're that's jumping the gun. Behind, um, yeah, that's yeah. some behind the paywall stuff. He should maybe have been. Um, he should have just been a bit more aware of the situation. Hibs paid seven hundred grand for Dylan Venti. Venti, yeah. Venti, and he scored with his last five shots on target. Don't give him a shot on target. Yeah, <laughs> inside the, you know, inside twelve ten yards. Like if he is, he's going to score. So we got done twice, and we deserve to get done twice for those. Um, not really too many. We have- not, there's not really any injustice in that. We had a, a glimmer of hope. Obviously, changes were made. We made what three subs at one time. We brought on Grieve, Bacchus, and McMenamin. Yeah. And um, what a goal for Bacchus! What a hit! What a take! The way he takes Go the good. ball by the defender or midfielder, probably, and just the hit. Great he just sees the space opening up. It's a bit of a kind of almost like a kind of NFL thing where Bacchus spends so much time in really condensed midfields putting pressure on things and getting quick passes away it's it's really reassuring that he sees a gap open up and he's like right two touches bang mm-hmm. go he, he maybe did that a bit when he first signed when you think of some of the goals yeah. that he scored and when he the shots he used to take whereas his game's not really been of that kind more recently but it, it's so good and it shades of him how obviously it's, it's not the same ball today but shades of how it felt when Connor Ronan scored that amazing mm. goal against Hearts in the yeah. Cup last year where you were like almost beginning to accept that this wasn't going to happen and then out of nowhere there's a moment of real quality that just kind of catapults you straight back in and at that point I've got a, a Hibs season tick older that I used to work with who likes to get quite abusive whenever um, whenever we're playing them and uh, after Bacchus had scored like the texts were coming straight in basically being like well that's you won it because there's only one thing going to happen now we've We've crumbled. We've made the wrong substitutions. I think they made their own triple sub, and it really disrupted yeah. um, their shape. And at that point, I was like, "Right, semi-final. It's happening. It's on." And then we just the same shit that happened for the second goal. Pretty much happened twice again. I think uh, can't with as good as Gogic has been in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Can't absolve him of blame for this one. He looked a bit lost. Um, kind of jogging between men not quite sure where he should be standing mm-hmm. and who he should be blocking what what angle he should be narrowing it I think Taylor just looked a bit lost I think you know, it must be so disorienting to have been done once and then realistically done again and it just kind of knocks out I think you could definitely have made an argument for getting done on mm-hmm. um, and just kind of shoring things up like we did against Hearts um, I don't think Dunn's perfect but he's certainly good enough for us and I, I don't know if you maybe just shake things up a bit and put Dunn in if that kind of cuts through a wee bit when someone's having a bit of an off night. But in the end, yeah, I, th- I think as much as like we've kind of supported Thierry Small as well, I, I don't think he had the best of times when he came on. You know, there was a few times he gave the ball away or lost was caught in possession. But um, he looked really dangerous. I think he's a really effective option when you're chasing the game. Mm-hmm. But you need to take the rough with the smooth. Yeah. On that, he created stuff. He looked really dangerous, but he left massive gaps mm-hmm. behind him. But he wasn't being asked to come on and play the job that Scott Tanser had been. Yeah, yeah. Doing. He was on as a left winger. Mm-hmm. And we will before we move on. Like, um, yeah, Martin Boyle had two one on ones and he scored one, but 
that first one on one he had with uh, Hemming. What a save for Hemming. That was really yes. When at, at I first, just... when I first saw it, I thought like um, that's an absolute sitter. How's he missed that? But on replay, you know, absolutely fantastic save from him and made himself big. Got in the way of the shot. Done really well. Yes, it's so good. It's it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Which any saves you're making of that oak deserve a lot of credit. And I, I know I mentioned them for that first Hibs goal. Mm-hmm. It's not really a criticism of of him, and it's more if we continue to be done by second balls in the six yard box, then you need to do something different. I wouldn't I wouldn't lay the blame with him at all. And actually, again, we've conceded four goals, but I don't know that Heyman. Do you mean do you mean for the reviewing the paper? You're probably giving Heyman six or seven out of ten. I don't yeah. think he had much. Don't think he did much wrong no. at all. I think Martin Boyle is a good clinical footballer. He's probably better than our level, mm-hmm. and we gave him <laughs> two really good chances. We gave this like talk about someone's clinical hit rate doesn't get much more clinical than Dylan Ventis had five gate shots in his last couple of few games and scored five goals, mm-hmm. and we gave him a free hit inside the penalty box. Like you're going to get punished. That's just. It's just how it is. I don't think it's an indicator of anything other than on the night and as we have been at Easter Road a fair few times in the last year, just kind of punished mm-hmm. clinically for what we're given. And if you're looking for a positive, this time we've got two goals in. We've, we've, we've had more than one trip to Easter Road recently where we've got beat 3-0 or whatever and not looked like doing anything. Whereas this time we gave it a right good a right good run. I don't want to accept going out a cup and you you want to push on, but I don't think it means anything more than Hibs did well. Yeah. To score uh, to score four goals last night and we were never going to score four or five, so they've done it. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kinda comfortable enough with with that. We've still got one other opportunity to try and get to Hamden, so no complaints. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Looking to Saturday's match, tomorrow's match, um, against Kilmarnock. Uh, are you on comms? No, I think we might have been originally, but I'm I'm away with the boys for for a weekend. Ah, actually. yeah. So so we're giving it back. I think it's to Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, because I've got I've got the the timetable for the games in front of me with the the comms because I've left it at the desk when I wrote them and I just noticed it there so I think it's the first time since we started getting the games that we've been offered one and haven't taken it yeah be able to do it I really hope I'll give the the boo boys on the forums at least they'll get a week off (laughs) of our nonsense I really hope we get the Rangers game because I I, I do like doing those games (laughs) because you get the most lessons and I just love the follow the follow follow match thread is just exceptional Looking to come out, I mean, we've got that terrible away record that people keep bringing up, um, despite the fact that we haven't <laughs> lost away from home. And we've only won two over three away games, Jim. Yeah, Jeez, it's shite. That is a thir- 33% non-win ratio. Disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kilmarnock are... A side that you see the way we normally start a season, it's kind of like that. They're a bit hot and cold. There's, there's, they've had moments where they've looked like they're going to be a really good team this season. They've produced well, but they've dropped points against gate in games that they probably shouldn't have. That they took the lead early and lost on. So I'm sure like yeah. Robinson will try and take advantage of that. You know, I don't believe the pitch should be a an issue like or an excuse. I mean, we 
train on a plastic pitch where you prep for playing on a plastic plastic pitch it's it's just part and parcel and i've got no issues with it and i generally think i think we'll do okay in the game i, I i'd take a point the now but the way we've been going on you know another win here would be nice as well yeah i don't think a point's defeatist mm-hmm. i think a point at rugby parks generally never a bad a bad point um I mean, Brad Lyons we'll is finally coming into the, the kind of form yeah, that good. I think we were promised when he came on loan when he was still quite raw and young and hadn't played I a lot. I almost liked Lyons. He just played an absolute basket case of a Samantha. Mm-hmm. I think that Samantha side made some guys look better than they were, like Kyle McAllister. And it made some guys look worse than they maybe were. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be disappointed to come away with a draw. I really wouldn't. Um, at the same time, I'm sure Timo go in there thinking that they've got every mm-hmm. every chance of coming away with with three, and they'll, they'll play the same way they've played it. Far Park and Easter Road and and all the rest of it. Um, I seem to remember having done the reading for the last game. Have we really never beaten Derek McInnes? Jesus, I, I couldn't tell you um, as a as a manager in the league at least. Um, I'm sure this time, by all means, prove me wrong because I'm I'm racking my brains. I'm thinking that maybe under, under Goodwin, we did, but I don't even know if Bickenis would still have been the manager oh, at that point, or if he'd have moved on. I'm sure the stat we read last time before we played them was that in 27 attempts we'd not, mm. we'd not be, or we'd won, we'd won like one out of 27 or something. So he's a guy that kind of knows how not to lose. Mm-hmm. Um. In one of the home games last year, they definitely had the better of us, and it was Trevor Carson that won as a point. Um, obviously, Erehon gets sent off. One of that 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 the the New Year's game, mm. um, Christmas Boxing Day game, or, or something similar last year. Um, where we we really held on, although Alex Grieve almost snatched that one right at the end as well. Going on current form and how the teams set up, I don't think they have that big a goal threat. I think we should be relatively comfortable that we're going to be able to restrict them to either a goal or no goals unless something happens which you can't really legislate for like a you know like a poor poor day for someone and we should be getting into every game just now thinking that we're going to score we've Mm -hmm. got options that are really confusing people and struggling I wonder if Olisanya is maybe a good a good call but Kelly I think will be happy to sit really deep Mm-hmm. similar to what Levy did and you maybe do need Mandron to try and take them on at their own game and, and knock stuff down um, all of a sudden probably didn't get much space to excuse me to run into behind they're kind of quite physical and not very pacey backline but again the pitch holds stuff up holds stuff up I should say mm-hmm. um, so you can lump balls over the top and expect the ball to check a bit more than just do the old to try and catch you can essentially do the Lyndon Dykes tactic that Livingston done where essentially they just threw it long. Defences would think the ball was going to the keeper and Lyndon Dykes would run on it. We just do that with yeah. Lasagna. 3 0. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Call it four. Four. Well, why not? Sh- shove a fifth in there while we're giving them it for free. We're going to end up as the intro to that Kelly podcast <laughs> that does all the that does the infomercials. Um But I think we'll call it at that. Um if you go over to our Patreon right now, you will hear one of our top episodes 
was called Therapy. And if you are a Misery Hunters fan, you know what that podcast was. We might be reopening an old war chest there. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Mm-hmm. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. So, patreon.com forward slash Misery Hunters gets you a weekly exclusive episode. Sometimes they're a bit rushed. Sometimes you get your money's worth. It's a flip of a coin, to be fair. Um, you also get entered into a monthly prize draw, and this month we are pre-ordering our fancy new third kit for you. Um, just a reminder, though, that if you do read hear this and want to go into that and you register, you've got till Saturday, the 30th, to be entered, but on the first you will be charged again, but you will be entered into next month's competition, so you still get the same thing. It's just the way the Patreon yeah. billing cycle works. But you'll be entered into two competitions, and it'll be what six quid. I mean, they add VAT onto it, so it's like actually like three eight or something. But from my end, all like I can see is three half a pie these days. Yeah, that's yeah, satire. Then uh, uk for our merch. I have recently got us commissioned a new T-shirt design, hopefully coming soon, and I'm I think it'll be a popular one. And um, oh, paisleycraftbeer.com beer stuff. On you go. Uh, and uh, I don't know why but it's came to me but I'm just going to end it with a a fuck Sam Smith I I support that statement I'm going to follow the lead of the the guys on the the Misery Hunters Discord specifically chaps and end this with a fuck Gerard Butler nice that is a good one and I should actually point out um before before we do go, and I realise we've done all the good stuff and you've probably already tuned out, but uh, congratulations to our fellow misery hunter, Craig Devine, who um, is now a dad. He can now be officially a St Mirren dad. I mean, his partner was already kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> but now he has the excuse. Um, congratulations to him and Kirsty. Congratulations. And his new daughter, Curtis Main Devine. Mm-hmm. Um you know, has all of our well wishes. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.